the only we don't have anything in the top three. I just realized. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> We're mid through the podcast. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Queer Archive, a queer and feminist Doctor Who podcast. I'm Brenna. And I'm Caitlin. And this week we're talking about the fourth episode of series 10, Knock Knock. Who's there? Pull to open. Pull to open who? You know what? I'm not doing this. Aren't you glad I didn't say banana? I'm sorry. You need to stop. I can't. <laughs> we're both a mess. Someone needs to get us out of the trash. We just, we so rarely watch this episode because... It's kind of... Speaking of a mess. Bad? Let's just say we had to pour ourselves a drink for this one. We are indeed enjoying it. It's late night podcasting with a mm-hmm. cocktail. We don't normally drink on the podcast, but... We don't normally record at night. When at the night. occasion... <laughs> when the episode calls for it, and this one does. Sorry to this audience. Because we're going to die, so... Drinks! All right, Canuck, Canuck. What we got? First reactions. Weird use of Little Mix. Anytime Doctor Who incorporates a pop song, I'm like, this oh, is... Oh, that's the first song? Mm. This is odd. Yeah, the opening scene. Why don't I remember it, like, at all? So We don't watch this <laughs> We don't I was here. like, was this opening scene always in there? Was that song always the song? Really? Kind of out of place. I must have, like, blocked it out of my memory completely because I was very shocked that this was actually the episode. I was like, I'm sure I've seen this episode... Definitely don't remember this whole entire scene, and definitely not that song, which you would think I would remember that. Mm. All that being said, I do love the idea of getting to see more of Bill's life, especially her friends. Yeah. A.K. when does Penny get here? Not Just soon take enough. us to the Penny. Not soon enough. That's all I we want. We still have, like, three more episodes before we get to Penny. <sighs> to transition to the bulk of what I have to say about this episode, <laughs> can we talk about these chillins and how terrified I am for the youth of Britain. Yeah, why are y'all like this? It is What's the matter with unsettling. You? What is the matter? You signed a house contract? Well, let's get into it. With some stranger you some just met? freaky-ass stranger. Creepy. Okay, I cannot stress enough. Why is Bill the only one with hesitations about moving into this house? The only um, one. What is there, know. six or seven of them? There's six, right? She has the one brain cell for the whole group. <laughs> Some old dude is creeping outside of a real estate office, waiting to ask some young folks if they want to move into this creepy-ass mansion. And Bill's the only one that's like, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe we don't do that. I don't, I, I don't understand. Like, on one hand, finally, we get to see Bill have some, like, common sense and, like, yeah. street smart. Because who is she in the pilot? Like, yeah. what was that? But on the Why other are hand, leaning over the puddle and not saying there's a face in this puddle when you're on a different planet. All of the it's red flags. A great question. We've talked about this. <laughs> so here I'm like, okay, I recognize you, Bill. Cool. And on the other hand, what is with these other children? Hmm. What are their heads full of? Jelly beans? Jelly beans. Actual jelly beans? Yeah. I'm legitimately so confused baffled how have these children not died before this day because is it not just like common sense to maybe not trust some random creepy dude like i said 
who literally carries around the contract in his coat fucking pocket. Yeah. He's like, oh, you mean this gate key? You mean this contract? It's conveniently in my pocket. Don't yeah. worry. It's a very Dr. Fausta situation. <laughs> Don't you want to keep your soul? This is basics. Creepy. So he wasn't even chill about it. The hasty jumped all the way out. That should have been red flag number, like, what, five? Not in one, because obviously, like I mentioned before, him stalking a real estate office to pounce on y'all feels like reasons at least one through four. <laughs> at least. And then they get to the house. No reception. In this creepy, creaking castle. Red flag number 57. Y'all look like millennials. That should have been, like, the most obvious cue for y'all to bounce by now, mm. Right? No reception just, and no sockets just, to charge your stuff. How are you guys not losing your goddamn minds right now? Yeah. Shireen is the one that every time we watch this, I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you? I'm very worried. Shireen. Girl. Particular. She was like peer pressuring Bill to be like, Bill, you, no, you're going to sign this, right? Yeah, it's fine. Get on board. Right, Bill? Everything's cool. Shireen, what are you doing? Yikes. You and your fringy <laughs> sweater have got to calm down. She did have cute earrings, though. And the necklace. I think the necklace is really cute, too. I'd wear it. Okay. Five points for the for the accessories, but girl. What is happening? I'm worried. Yeah. Worried. Also, don't shit where you eat. You move in with this Paul guy because you think he's hot, and then you put your room next to his? That is a... Girl, it's a mistake. Speaking of hasty. What you're doing is a mistake. Mistake. <laughs> okay. So, again, we get in the house... And they continue to act a fool because this other fool walks in, coming in at night, and he's got his backpacking backpack because, what, he travels the world and some shit? My question is, how how do you travel the world with that much lack of common sense? He would have not made it to 18. Yeah. He hears the creaking floor in a dark hallway and says, and I quote, wicked. Um, what? No, not wicked. Creepy. Definitely Creepy. And then he goes into his room with his hanging retro Ikea light and plays his vinyl records because he thinks he's eccentric and shit. And is it nice music? Does the young world traveler play comforting music? No. Why, why would it be nice when it could be creepy as hell? He's out here playing some distressing Bach number like he's really trying to get possessed by a ghost. I am concerned for these children. I think that's the end of my rant. Okay. <laughs> rant closed. Soapbox gone. Okay. That's really the only soapbox we have for this episode. I'm sorry. I went off. <laughs> I went off because I'm trying to give y'all something. Because we really have two things to say about this it's episode. True. And two of them are, we are concerned for the children of Britain. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess we'll pack it up and go home now. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's time for a drink. Where is that? Well, I'm not going to get eaten by alien wood lice. So let's get the fuck out of here and head for the High Council of Gallifrey to talk about whatever the fuck is going on with the wood lady. Let's talk about the wood lady, I guess. (laughs) What the fuck? All right. This is the High Council of Gallifrey. It's the segment where we talk about folks in those power positions in the world of food production. Who do we got to blame for this? <laughs> this episode was written by Mike Bartlett, who literally never wrote another episode of Doctor Who, and I think we can see why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry if you 
if you like this episode. If you stand this episode, don't listen to the rest How of the podcast. How dare. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you have just turned it off by now. Yeah, that's probably true. We don't have solid criticisms to make here. We're just um, having a good laugh. Yeah. And then it's directed by Bill Anderson, who directed Thin Ice, which was good, and this is not. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's Bill Anderson's fault. I think that's Mike Bartlett's fault. Yeah. I do think the knocking sequence is good when Bill and Shireen are in the hall and there's the knocking all around them. Yes. That's good. That's scary. Everything else is pretty whack. That is so scary. It's legit scary. Like, I think yeah. there is actually several scary moments in this episode. Okay, like two. But that's very good. You're right. It just doesn't make up for the no. lack of substantial plot. Yeah. It's fine. Please, if you really want to have a good time, watch Harry's death scene when he's on the stairs. <laughs> His death is peak terrible. My God in heaven. We're so rude. I... <laughs> it's a bad episode. <laughs> At least it's fun bad. It's not it's, like... Yeah. What's that one? Sleep No More is like... What is that? Sleep No More. Oh, it doesn't exist. What it... It's like intolerable bad, which the only way we oh. made that fun is by skipping it. <laughs> Absolutely. If you got your head stuck up your ass and it's bad, there, what? no joy to be had. No. I agree. Oh, God. Is that knocking? We gotta go. Come on. They won't find us in the Black Archive. Okay, we're in the Black Archive. Let's kind of talk about some <laughs> stuff about race, class, sexuality, gender, bodies, and I don't know. <laughs> I see three notes in here. I don't remember what I put here. I put one. I said, I do love that there is a graceful dismount after Bill says, I normally go for girls. And the guy goes, oh, cool. Well, I never had a chance anyways. <laughs> Which so is easy. <laughs> literally the lowest bar in the world. And they cleared it. So is this yeah. Is is this the lowest possible bar? Yes. Is this literally the only time they do this in this series when they have a queer lead? Also yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ten points for Gryffindor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a lie. There's like a okay one in Eaters of Light. A guy hits on her, and then she's like, I'm into girls. And he's like, oh, you only like one. Yep. That's, like, cute. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. We'll get, th- we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> Save it. We have so much to talk about in this episode alone, so you know. <laughs> no, but I will save it just to make y'all wait. Okay, so you're right. We don't have much to talk about in here. But speaking of the gaydar... Harry gay, right? Yeah, I've definitely read him <laughs> as gay. Like, we'd be knowing. Yeah. Okay. He actually mentions that his grandfather had a boyfriend. Yeah. And baby's trying to, like, steal a part of the the Great Wall of China. I don't remember yeah. exactly. Un- but unclear. It was mentioned out of this character's mouth, but even before then, I was like, he gay. Yeah. Okay. So let, we're, just, we're just going to make that canon. <laughs> Oh, we have that power. (laughs) Obviously, Brenna. He's gay. The queer archive has spoken. (laughs) Is there anything more peak gay culture than a couple of queers being like, that's gay? We know one of ours. (laughs) I said, we have the power to claim who we want. You marked that one gay, right? (laughs) Oh, oh, no. Was I supposed to? (laughs) And sometimes, even when they are gay, we don't claim them. Very silly person. 
a very silly person. <laughs> I don't know. He just had like one too many bracelets and necklaces. <laughs> and a very chunky watch. Yeah, like the style of bracelets. Statements. And- yeah. In those accessories. Like, and the way that he, like, you know, cuffed his, his yeah. shirt and he, like, tied the, Big gay the thing around his waist. Yeah. Like, it's like when a bisexual sits in a chair and you're like, you are bi. I don't know what's The queers with that. do not know how to sit. Yeah. I don't remember watching him sit in this episode. It didn't call out to me. I don't remember either. Well, we're saying, like, we don't have to give evidence. <laughs> We're not on a jury. Like we've, we've already given sufficient, even though we don't have wow. to. Wow. Okay. Moving on. I, how dare. Okay. <laughs> so offended. He gay, which brings me to my next note. The last note in the Black Archive. <laughs> the next and final of the Black Archive. Hey, we still have Bechtel and Duvernay to talk about, so. Wow. Calm down. Oh, wow. Uh, sorry. Do I love that they say to the one straight white dude in the room, you're the most expendable? Yes. I may love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're up to Bechtel DuVernay. No. I don't know. <laughs> really, I don't know. Like, we were talking about this, though. Like, does it pass the Bechtel test? I feel like it doesn't. And you were like, I think it does. And I was like, mm. I think they say, like, a sentence to each other about not a man. I feel like in the past we've said that's not enough to pass the Bechtel per the TQA. Oh. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely true. I wasn't going to be happy about it, letting it pass, but... No, I don't think it passes. Because it's just really... And the fact that they still make the gay character talk about a straight relationship all the time. Mm. You know? Yeah. You know, she has straight friends, blah, 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 but like... We all fall. (laughs) (laughs) All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'll cut that part out, but I'll make myself laugh with it. <laughs> mm. I mean, I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, but, so no Bechtel. And I, nope, not not even close for Duvernay. No, God, no. I mean, we get a moment with Bill, but, like, she's the fucking lead. Like, we need more than a moment. Uh, we need more, yeah. Okay, so. So, <laughs> well, at least we really are safe in here. Nothing's protected like secrets. I think, after all that scary stuff... We need something ooey-gooey sweet to help us relax. Oh, then we can head to the heart of the TARDIS, huh? Yeah, we can hear a word from our sponsor on the way. This podcast is brought to you by Dryad Property Management. Renting can be a real challenge for the average person, and we've all had nightmare experiences with landlords. That's why Dryad Property Management works hard to find only the best properties and property managers for our tenants. When you work hard, you want to have someplace reliable to call home, and Dryad Property Management can get you there. If you're in the market for a new place to call home, see any one of our accommodating estate agents, and they can get you set up someplace to be snug as a bug in a rug. (laughs) This is the heart of the TARDIS, where we talk about feels, I guess, or morals. Does this episode have any? Feels. I wouldn't go so far to say it's morals. <laughs> okay. Break it down. The doctor. I've oh, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> I have a feel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> One thing I love is we get to see something really specific and special about the doctor's relationship with Bill here. Mm. So at this point in his life, he's participating in human life at just like a really more domestic level mm. than, than we normally get to see. And that's really sweet. 
especially a great example of this is the doctor helping Bill move into her new yeah. place. There's something about the task of helping someone move into their new place that just feels so human. It's just like so mundane. Remember that time we asked Matt to help us move the fridge and oh, he had a back injury? So and then we sorry, Matt. Couldn't even get the fridge in. <laughs> and we almost killed our friend. And then the fridge wouldn't fit through our door. Because this house is comical. Anyways. Sorry, Matt. You'll never listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Matt doesn't go here. (laughs) Matt does not go here. (laughs) Call him when we have a Marvel podcast. Um, Okay. Or Star Wars. I mean, we could. (laughs) We could make a Mandalorian podcast. (laughs) I will make a Star Wars podcast that is only about The Last Jedi, and that's it. It will be one episode. And I will say The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie. And then that'll be the end. (laughs) God, Creature Brenna is going to have to cut out so much shit. I'm so sorry. Or just don't. Leave it all in. (laughs) I'm telling you, this episode is going to be short as hell if we don't leave all of the good stuff in. Okay. Sorry. You were making a great point about how the doctor's participating in the tedium of humanity. Yeah. Like, that was was kind of the end of my note. I love it. Also, I love that it's an example of his like total professorly, almost grandfatherly presence in her life. Mm. And they even named that. Grandpa. So, <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> He's my granddad. Oh, come on. Father, at least, please. All right. Grandfather. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story that they go with when she needs to explain his role in her life is yeah. that he's her grandfather. And like I've said before, I think on the podcast that that's one of my favorite dynamics of the doctor to be like the professor teacher vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So Bill, Bill has some good boundaries. I think this episode begins to show us that. And I stand. Bill's good. Bill said, you can go now. Thanks, dad. Yeah. (laughs) She said bye. Also, when she's pretty much being like up front with that dude. Turning down Paul. Hey, I know you're into me. But done for me. Bye. Let's just Thanks. get out. Let's just get. I mean, like she waits a little bit to really like. No, for sure. No, for sure. Yeah. Just really tactful. Bill's the best. She fucking is. God. So Bill and the doctor are on the TARDIS. I think this is right before he drops her off. Drops her off and doesn't leave. She finds out he's a time lord. A time lord. Yeah. Or is it he? always reminds me of Danny saying, "Time lord just has um." Something in the aristocracy. <laughs> he ain't wrong. That's like one of the only moments I like, oh Danny. Oh my gosh, he ain't wrong, dude. It's also in a really bad episode. That's in the caretaker. It is, oh. yep. Anyways. Oh, I remember. Oh, I remember. <laughs> but yeah, that whole interaction, he's saying, it's my people. And one of the many lines that... Post-timeless children. We're living in a post-timeless children It's a little world. different now. <laughs> Hits a little different. Uh, Chibnall. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not I'm not mad about it. Oh no, I'm not mad about it. Either. Like I have They always sucked. Now it's just like, yeah. Oh man, I have so many feels about this. Like, I have so many thoughts to really work through. I they're on like they're just like floating around there and I haven't really sat down to rummage through them and articulate them, but everything about that choice, the longer I sit with it, the more it adds meaningful layers to who I know the doctor to be, yeah. who I know the master to be, who I know the time lords to be. Yeah. 
and I just love it. So I think eventually we'll come back around to it. Maybe, maybe in um, like nine months when yeah, we have a new episode, twelve. <laughs> I'll finally have my thoughts articulated for y'all. You're welcome. But anyways, he says he quit. Doesn't sound like a species. Sounds posh, like. Yes, my lord, doff my cap. Oh, well, that's why I gave it up right away. <laughs> Time lords. I love it. Another thing that I love about Chibnall's quote-unquote retconning is that it doesn't really retcon anything. Yeah. It only retcons really the Time Lords history, which is the whole point is because they rewrote their own history. Yeah. It's because it's a lie. So it's a revealing and an unveiling of the truth. And so the doctor in this moment is saying, that's my people, but I also quit that thing. I quit yeah. being a Time Lord. So that's not even his identity. I love it. Anyways, so my last feel is excuse when bill is in her room showing her mom around her new room it's the most precious thing i've ever seen and i find it quite rude pearl mackie is so talented because she makes that feel Hmm. real and natural and authentic and not clunky or weird so when she's like showing the picture around and then she looks at it for a second like her mom is saying something to her and then she goes thanks it feels real, like she's having a conversation that we can't hear. And that is a huge testament to Pearl Mackie being as good as she is. It's so true, because it's really not the script. No. She just God, took no. that and elevated it way the fuck up. Yeah. We'll talk about this when we get to the Terrible Monk trilogy, because she said Absolutely. some stuff at Gallifrey that I was like, that doesn't make me like those episodes, but it makes me feel better about your choices. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that comes up later in this very episode, where... The dude, the landlord, time to pay. Um, <laughs> With his fucking tuning fork. Choir nerds are shaking. <laughs> so the landlord is saying, if you could save the person who brought you into this world, wouldn't you? And then it cuts to Bill, right? And so they're trying to make something happen here. And like. <laughs> If this story wasn't such a fucking mess... It could have been good. That could have been really powerful. Like, that type of storyline could have been super powerful to have Bill participate in. Yes. But it wasn't. (laughs) So. (laughs) So, opportunity missed. But, I agree. Bill did her fucking best, and that one moment... Like, when it's just her in the room... Yeah. She kills it. Yeah. That's literally all I have, so. (laughs) Moving on. Okay. Do we want to send something... To a crack in time and space. Just one thing? Just one thing. Um, yeah, what are we going to send? Pavel, half eaten in the wood. Big pass on that man. No thank you. With that his cloudy no. eyes. The cloudy eyes were the Ooh, worst. So gross. I, I don't it. like it. Bye. Bill not just have nightmares for the rest of her life? I don't know. And she is so like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. When the doctor asks her, are you okay? She's like, yeah. I just saw pretty much my best friend get eaten by wood lice. Yeah, into the floor. She went into the floor. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, Okay. To Pavel and his cloudy eyes. Bye, Ronimo, to that. Do we have any top three? Okay, <laughs> There's so nothing in the already, <laughs> We already totally said two. Two. So, like, we just got to come up with one. <laughs> and then he's trying to crunch quieter. <laughs> he's all self-conscious. Peter Capaldi. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank God he was in this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously the doctor's in the episode. His but hair is peak, especially in hair. the last scene, the vault scene. His hair scene. could be a moment in of it itself. It has been 
blow dried to perfection. Tan France would be so proud. Agreed. I love the scene where they hear some kind of rummaging around and they're like, what the fuck is this creepy thing? And then they walk in on the doctor in the closet. (laughs) Using his Sonic as a flashlight. (laughs) Don't mind me. Uh, I pretty much love all of the interactions with the doctor and Phil in this episode. Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay. It's just the episode itself, you know? It's real bad. (laughs) Well. (laughs) That might be it, folks. (laughs) Finger guns. Next week, we'll be back to talk about the fifth episode of Series 10, Oxygen. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Archive Pod. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your feels. On this episode, tell us we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what we're missing. Make us see the light. Or pour a drink and <laughs> Join take us. a laugh yeah. with us. <laughs> and please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice because it really does help other queerdos find us. Until next time. Be gay. Knock, knock. Wait. I thought we were signing off. Knock. Knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? Doctor. Doctor who? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking nut. (laughs) Yeah. Tune on your speakers and please be my doctor, whoever. Yeah. Uh huh, uh huh. Yes, sir. Wash your hands. Wash your hands.